Legacy Linden. This is On Johnson, your lead pastor, and I am so glad that you are listening to this week's message. If New Legacy Linden is your home church, we just wanted to take a moment and say thank you so much for your continual generosity and obedience in tithes and offerings to the mission and vision of what New Legacy Linden is doing in Linden, Washington. If you have not given to the church yet and you feel led to, I just want to give you the instructions on how to do that. Go to newlegacylinden.com, go to the support page and hit give. So let's hop into the sermon series that we are launching in July 2020 called Summer Slowdown. The focus of this mini-series for the month of July is all about creating space for spiritual growth. So there will be a different teacher every week to go through different spiritual disciplines. And for the month of July, we are not meeting in person. We are not meeting on a Zoom call. I'm encouraging everyone to take the time that you would normally spend together at church, at home church. Take that time and set it apart to laser in and focus on the spiritual discipline that we are talking about this week. And one of the things that I want to share before I launch into prayer and then the message is the different speakers that we have teaching on the different spiritual disciplines. Full disclaimer, we are not speaking about this subject because we have it figured out. In fact, we are probably speaking on the different spiritual disciplines for the different weeks because we are learning more and more about it. And it's just something that the Lord has really impressed on our heart to share about, especially in our journey of learning more about how we can create space in our lives for spiritual growth. So let me pray and let us launch into the first sermon for this month's series called Summer Slowdown. Jesus, I thank you that you are so good and you are so holy and you are so righteous. God, that in everything that is happening in our nation, you are calling your people to show the world how much we love you by how much we love each other. So as we are learning how to create intentional spaces to develop our spiritual disciplines and to grow in our love and knowledge of you, God, I pray that you would give us opportunities to love the people around us, not just the people in our church, but the people who live next to us, the people that we work with, the people that we interact with daily or even weekly, God. I pray that you would give us opportunities to speak life and the Lord shines so brightly in apparent darkness. Let us be used by you to be peacemakers. And God, I thank you for the incredible privilege of being the lead pastor of New Legacy Linden. I thank you for all the people that we get to love and live life with. God, you are so good for giving us this privilege and this blessing. I pray that I would not get in the way of what you want to speak through this message in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first sermon of this mini-series, we are going to talk about Sabbath rest, slowing down, resting, experience true rest. And I wanted to teach on Sabbath because I suck at it. (laughs) I am not good at practicing 
Sabbath rest because I am still peeling back the layers of why I struggle with the idea of rest. And so I've been on a three-year journey of reading and learning and practicing how to observe Sabbath. And it has been so challenging. But one of the key things that I will share later about what I've learned about Sabbath is just how to trust the Lord in that time that I've created for rest. And I want to be clear, when we talk about Sabbath, um, and Sabbath rest, I'm going to use those two terms interchangeably. I'll refer to it as Sabbath. I'll refer to it as Sabbath rest. I want to be clear that I'm not talking about Netflix and chill. I'm not talking about turning on the TV and just vegging out. I'm not talking about being lazy. Because when you truly experience Sabbath rest, it renews and revives your soul and your spirit in ways that vegging out cannot. And so I want to draw that distinction before, like at the get-go, that the Sabbath rest that we learn to observe and the time that we intentionally set apart to worship God and to be with God does something to our soul that when we practice it, this discipline long enough, we cannot live without it. You know, like I mentioned, I've been on a journey for about three years of learning how to observe, practice, enjoy Sabbath rest, setting apart that time. And I can tell you, man, it is a non-negotiable in my life now that I love that time that I get to set apart with my family to disconnect from the world, from consumerism, from technology, from communication, and to simply be that it is a highlight of my week, that my week does not feel the same without it. I do not feel the same without it. And so I'm super excited just to share that journey with you. You know, we first hear about Sabbath rest and observing Sabbath in Genesis 2 verses 1 through 3. It says, so the creation of heaven and earth and everything in it was complete. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation so he rested from all of his work and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from his work of creation and that language of bless and declaring it holy blesses the language <coughs> excuse me blesses the language of giving while declaring holy as the language of claiming So when something is blessed by God, it really is his vehicle for his generosity. And it becomes an expression of his love and his concern for ourselves. When God declares something holy, as he does in verse 3, what he's doing is he's claiming it for himself. He's taking it out of ordinary circumstances, whether it's a day, a place whatever he is, and he's declaring that thing, claiming it as special. So this should give us a clue just from this verse alone that God's intention is for his creation, man and women, people, to observe the Sabbath. To give us this gift, this special gift that frees us from the time-consuming rhythms of life. 
that this blessing and this gift is a reminder that all of time and all of life is God's gift to us. So when we consciously acknowledge Sabbath and we create the space for it, we're really giving back to God what is already his. In Exodus 20 verses 8 through 11, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your, in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male, your female servants, your livestock, any foreign, foreigners living among you. For in the sixth day, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart. So echoing what we read in Genesis, where the Sabbath day is blessed and it is declared holy. That we have all this other time for work, but we must be intentional about setting apart that la that day to be with the Lord, dedicated to the Lord, to stop and recognize that the gift of life and time is from God, that when you are resting on your Sabbath day, it is giving back to God what is already his, that day, that time that is declared holy, that is a gift. And then we keep reading. So we see in Isaiah 56, verses 13 through 14, which I want to say Isaiah 56 has been an, an anchor chapter in my life in this season. I would highly encourage you to read chapter 56 in Isaiah in its entirety. But I want to zoom in on verses 13 and 14. Verse 13, it says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promise to your ancestors, Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. The context of Isaiah 58 is all about true and false worship. And so you see this exchange between human and God about what is worship. But God is saying your religious rules and actions, that is not worship. But let me tell you what worship is. And he ends on keeping the Sabbath day holy. And I love the language in this translation, the New Living Translation. That on the Sabbath day, we are to delight in it. We are to enjoy it. We are to soak in the goodness of the gift of rest. Because when we take time to do that, when we set apart and create that intention to do that, that delighting in the Lord is an experience of communion with your creator that you cannot get anywhere else. But let's examine Jesus, because I gave you some Old Testament verses that highlight Sabbath. 
And Sabbath, I believe that it was referred to in the Old Testament about 101 times or 111, I can't remember, but over 100 times. In the New Testament, we see Sabbath referred to about 60, 67 times throughout the entire New Testament. But when we see Jesus and the Sabbath, it's really interesting. You know, in Matthew 12, verses 1 through 8, at that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off heads of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested. Look at your disciples. Look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he was hung he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and he and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that were that only the priests were allowed to eat. And haven't you read the law of Moses that the, that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you there is one here who is even greater than the temple. But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy and not sacrifice. For the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. So in this exchange, which if you wanted to listen to a sermon that I, I did on Matthew 12, you can go to our website, www.newlegacylinden, and look in our sermon archives because before this summer, we were walking through the book of Matthew. So I did an entire sermon on Sabbath. But we see in this context where Jesus is having this confrontation with the Pharisees, with the religious people, because they were trying to call him and his disciples out because the Pharisees knew the law. In fact, they created law on law on law to insulate law because what they believed was that if people did not break the religious law, then the Messiah would come back and it blinded them. Their own laws and religious rules blinded them from the Messiah that stood in front of them. That their religiosity prevented them from seeing, even though they had eyes to see and ears to hear what Jesus was saying, they could not see it or hear it because their religiosity, their rules on rules on rules on laws on laws on laws were telling them that if they would just act right, their Messiah would be there. So Jesus has this exchange with them. He goes, you don't even get it. You know, back in Isaiah 58, the entire chapter, God is like, this is not, your heart is not in the right place. And Jesus is saying this to the Pharisees, your heart is not in the right place, that you don't understand this meaning of scripture, which by the way, is fighting words. Because if anybody understood scripture or law, it was the religious people, it was the Pharisees. And he's saying, I want to remind you in this space, are you forgetting what David did? Are you forgetting what the priest did on the Sabbath? And he declares, for the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. That Jesus, in that one statement, he is restoring the heart and purpose of Sabbath. He is restoring what God has gifted and declared holy to his people as this beautiful time to be set apart. To commune and delight in the very presence of God. This is what Jesus 
was doing in this exchange. And there are several examples throughout the New Testament, in specifically in the Gospels, where Jesus is healing people on the Sabbath. And when he does it, he gets called out by the religious people because they're, why are you doing this? It's the Sabbath. And he's reminding them in those healing, in those healing miracles, in those miraculous exchanges, that people matter more than the religious rules. That people and restoring them, giving them dignity, calling them back, restoring to them to the fold, meeting their most practical need in that moment was more important than the religious rules that we have put together to keep people out. That Sabbath within itself is a gift not meant to oppress humanity, but to restore humanity. You see, Sabbath within itself, Sabbath or Shabbat, it was a day which was usually Friday evening until Saturday evening in Jesus' time in that context when all ordinary work just stopped. Sabbath that we see in the Old Testament is, is meant to be a blessing and is meant to be holy and declared holy. That the scriptures relate that God gave Sabbath to his people because it was an opportunity to serve him. And it was a reminder of these things of creation and of redemption. That Shabbat, the seventh day of work, is a time of rest. It is a time to be to set apart to rest and trust God. That some derive the word Sabbath from the Hebrew word, which means to cease, to desist, to rest. And we see in Genesis that God sets the example for rest because even he rested. But then throughout the biblical narrative, people try to put religious rules on rest because they're trying to regulate Sabbath they're trying to regulate rest. And then Jesus comes and he restores the meaning of rest. And we see this. We see that if God even rested and Jesus restores it, it seems to be a very important thing that we should be possibly or probably should be engaging in is Sabbath, the observance of Sabbath, the practice of spiritual discipline of Sabbath rest. It makes sense that we would practice it as a spiritual discipline for God sets the example and Jesus goes and restores it because we done messed it up. We done did wrong with it. So we have to say, why do we struggle with it? You see, I think Sabbath, the commandment to observe Sabbath is the one commandment that Christians often brag about breaking. I mean, we wear these badges of honor, of busyness. That in our culture, in church culture, in world culture, if you are busy, you are important. So is that why we struggle with it? My heart, I know why I struggle with Sabbath and observing Sabbath and honing in the spiritual discipline. I struggle with Sabbath because my the asian culture my culture finds high value in production in work and so 
When I am not working, I struggle to find value in myself. And I forget that the gift of Sabbath and the declaration that it is holy is to remind me that God can do more in my one day of rest than I can do in six days and seven days of work. And I want to challenge us as a church because I feel like we should be the example of Sabbath rest and trusting the Lord. Why do you struggle to truly experience a rest that renews your soul? It's like being thirsty and not drinking water, but drinking Coke. It's like being hungry and not eating nutritious food that will fuel your body, but eating junk. That when we are talking about Sabbath, the rest, when we are talking about that intentional time set apart to delight in the Lord, it is not just being on TikTok all day long. It is not just about watching Netflix. It is not about just vegging out, but it is doing things to remind us of the gift of life and time given to us by God so that we can delight in the reality of who our creator is. So why do you struggle with rest? Why do I, why do we, and what example are we setting to the church by being a bunch of religious people that run around straight up ragged because we find badges of identity and honor in busyness? For the longest time, it wasn't until actually recently that I learned about the practice of Sabbath. In my mind, it was just a thing that Jewish people did. And Jewish people generally practice Sabbath really well. They've got a system for it. They've got a thing that they do. One of my favorite things to learn is about Orthodox Jews and their lifestyle. I just love it. But why should you and me as Christians, as followers of Christ, why should we practice Sabbath? And I believe that we should practice Sabbath. One, it's a commandment. Two, it's a gift that God is asking us to partake in, encouraging us to partake in. But here are some things that Sabbath is to remind us why we as believers should practice it. Sabbath is worship. Worship is this enjoying, this intentional enjoying and delighting in who the Lord is who the creator is. It is this set apart time to reflect, remember, and live out in worship who God is. Sabbath is worship. Sabbath is an act of trust. You've got to trust that God will do in that one day what you can do that you can't even do in seven. Like one of the things that I that I hear a lot of from Christians is like the frustration of the boundaries and bounds of time. Like if only there was more time, if only there were more days, more than seven days in the week, 24 hours in a day. And I laugh uh, because the deep irony inside of me, because I'm so production driven and I'm so type A and I'm a little bit of a control freak is when we say that we fail to see that the limitations of time the, is a gift to us because God knew we would run ragged if we had more time to run ragged. So even the gift and the decoration of the Sabbath day set apart for holiness is for us to trust 
him. As a pastor, but also I work full time at a tech company. I have two young kids. I'm married. I have friendships. I have community. I have found that I am more focused, effective, and energized since practicing Sabbath as a spiritual discipline on a regular basis than I have ever been in my entire ministry career. That when I set apart a day every week to step back from all my work of being a pastor, of working at Faith Life, of constant connection through a phone with people, hot day. I come back refreshed and ready to go because I had to spend an entire day learning how to trust God that nothing was going to just catch on fire spontaneously. But what else is Sabbath and why should believers practice it? One, we should know that Sabbath is intentional. It doesn't just happen willy-nilly. You've got to plan it out and protect it with your life. That it requires intention, planning, and also desire. Don't just stop at like, man, gee, I want to practice Sabbath. That desire, but also look at your calendar and see what time you are going to set apart to practice it. That it is a time to not worry about production. It is a time to focus and be in his presence. Not production, but the presence of God. It helps us as believers practice intentionality. To look and say, okay, this is this is God. This is my Sabbath time. So for us, for me, Sabbath is on Sundays because we have church on Thursday nights. So on Sunday, I put an auto response on my phone. I do not make plans unless I have already made my Sabbath plans. And I struggle often with Sabbath because, again, Oh, it is such a hard thing for me to do as someone who loves production and work. But I've learned to intentionally set apart this time because I don't want to just do Sabbath and desire it. I want to actually practice it regularly. Sabbath is a reminder. It is a reminder of the power and magnificence of God himself. That he would love us so much that he would give us a day and tell us to take a day of rest because he knows the work is heavy and the days can be long. So it is important that we stop and trust him with that time set apart to simply delight in the reality of who he is. That it is a reminder for believers to practice Sabbath because that reminder to worship and be and just soak and delight in who he is. It reminds us of who he is and who we are in light of him. But Sabbath, besides being an intentional, besides being a reminder, Sabbath is a journey. 
And as believers, we should definitely remember the importance of a journey because we are on a journey. We invite people to walk with us in their journey and in our journey. And oftentimes it feels like life right now within itself is a difficult journey until we reach the other side of eternity to be in the very presence in heaven with God. That we as believers should practice Sabbath because it is worship. It is a commandment. It is an act of trust. It teaches us intentionality. It reminds us of who our creator is. And it reminds us that we are on a journey with him, that we should be living and functioning from a place of rest. That we should be thriving first from a place of rest because it is in Sabbath rest that we are deeply soaked into the presence of God. And we delight in the very reality of who he is. Oh man, that just overflows. That I want to work from a place of rest. That if I have not scheduled out my Sabbath, I ain't scheduling anything. Because it is in my time of Sabbath that I commune with God in a way that I don't do any other time. It is in my time of Sabbath with God that I am reminded of his majesty and who I am in light of his majesty. So if I can tell you what Sabbath is, let me tell you what Sabbath isn't. And read Isaiah 58 because you'll learn a lot about worship because if Sabbath is worship, all our religious rules to earn Our salvation is not what Sabbath is about. Sabbath is not about look at me and look how good I can rest. Sabbath isn't vegging out. Sabbath isn't just laying on the couch and taking naps. Honestly, sometimes though I do take naps on Sabbath. But to be clear, Sabbath is not just stepping away and disconnecting from the presence of God. It is a time to lean into the presence of God. That Sabbath isn't about turning on Netflix and eating crud all day and staying in pajamas all day, doing those three things because this is rest. That might be rest for your physical body, maybe from your mental self, but it will not renew your spirit. And why I don't want to take too much time getting to nitty gritty of what Sabbath is, what Sabbath isn't. What I want to be clear is that when you truly are partaking in Sabbath rest, you leave it more refreshed than you were entering it. And you know you are not enjoying the very purpose and heart of Sabbath when you leave Sabbath more exhausted. Scrolling through social media is not Sabbath rest. Trying to control every facet of your life seven days a week, even on the seventh day declared as a blessing and holy. It's not Sabbath rest. I think we can learn a lot about what rest looks like in the presence of God. So I want you to ask yourself these questions, either journal about it, share with somebody else in the church or even outside the church. You can share this sermon with your small group, with your friend group, whatever Whatever you want to do, I want you to ask and think about this question. What do we learn about Sabbath rest and God? Why do we struggle 
with practicing Sabbath? Why do you struggle with it? What are practical ways we can begin to practice Sabbath? You see, I'm a zero to zero to 100 kind of girl. So I always have to think of practical ways and steps or I'm just going to write it all down. And so things that I have learned to do, practical things I've learned to do is I communicate to people that this is my day of Sabbath. So don't expect a response from me on anything. I put on an auto respond on my cell phone. So anytime somebody calls or texts me on Sabbath, they get an auto response saying, hey, I'm enjoying Sabbath. I'll get back to you when I can tomorrow. Riley and I, my husband and I talk about our expectations of Sabbath. And every time I feel compelled to do work, I have to step back and breathe and remember that this is a journey that I need to trust God that he will do in this one set apart time what I couldn't do in all the time in the world. And the last question I want you to discuss, pray through, journal about, how can Sabbath change the way you experience the presence of God? How could the spiritual discipline of Sabbath change the way that you experience God himself? I know that July looks unconventional because we're not meeting in person like we were last month with Church in the Park. We're not doing Zoom. Um, so take Thursday night when we would have home church to soak and ask yourself these questions. Discuss it in your family. Discuss it with other people. I'm not going to regulate this time. I want to give this time not just to you, but also to my family to grow in our spiritual disciplines as a family. I love you each so deeply. I am so grateful that I get to be your pastor. I'm so grateful that you took time to listen to this message for our mini series for July. And it is an honor to live life with you. So let me pray. Jesus, you are so good. You are so holy. You are so magnificent. And we often miss that, Lord, when we are busy running in 10,000 directions. Help us see the practical ways, Holy Spirit, that we can begin to practice Sabbath, that we can begin to create space to simply soak in, delight in, and remember that you have given us life and time, that you have given us this gift, and you have declared it holy, and it is Sabbath rest. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.